After 20 years, MLS will finally have a New York Derby. This is the SBI Show. I am Garrett Cleverly. With me, as always, is Ivis Galarsa. What's cracking, man? No, not too much, Garrett. It's uh, the weather's beautiful. Things are looking up here as we uh, we head closer to the summer, and and we're getting finally getting the matchup that we've been we've been waiting for since the start of the season. NYCFC against New York Red Bulls, and I can say right now the, the, the fans out here in the New York market are pretty excited. Yeah, it, it's going to be awesome. I mean, for you, Ivis, I mean, you had to be divided. I mean, you're a Jersey <laughs> guy, so you had to be for the Red Bulls, right? Uh, you're, uh, you're funny. <laughs> you're a funny guy. You know what? I, I, look, this is what I'm rooting for. I am rooting for a good game. I'm rooting for goals, exciting matchup, and not a, not a blowout either way. Uh, and I'm rooting for for fans showing up for both sides. I mean, obviously it's going to be a Red Bull Arena, and uh, it's going to be a packed house. Uh, but hopefully NYCFC, you know, their fans show up. You know, you get you. Hopefully they fill they completely fill the the uh, away section at Red Bull Arena, and we get that feel of a true derby of a true rivalry like we see around the world. And obviously it's it's not something that's going to happen immediately in the first game, but hopefully this first matchup plants the seeds and starts things on the right direction. I mean, I've been lucky enough to, to go to to go to derby matches in other parts of the world, and there's few things better. Uh, I, I was I've been in Manchester for City against United, and 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 to to see that passion up close, and to see a city uh, divided, even though people in Manchester will joke about how how you know United fans are from London, not really Manchester. But I tell you what, man, I'm excited to see it, to see to see the atmosphere, and, and to and, and really get a sense of of a true derby. No offense to anyone who ever rooted for Chivas, would say, but the LA Chivas, the Dar- the LA derby of uh, as it, as it was, wasn't it? Didn't it, did, it never really had it? It never really for me. It never really had. What that passion that and that that real thing that you see in other parts of the world? Well, that's because Galaxy always dominated, so <laughs> that, that, well, that, that, that doesn't help. <laughs> right, that does not help. I agree, but uh, but yeah, no, it, it's it's uh, no, I'm, I'm looking forward to it, man. I, I hope it really turns into the kind of rivalry that can then help that can help both teams because and it's funny because you know when NYCFC first kind of came on when they first were on put on the map and there was even the, the idea of it. Uh, People would have figured that the Red Bulls wouldn't be interested in this kind of arrangement. They wouldn't want another team in the market. They wouldn't want to have to share their market with another team. But uh, I remember at the time, at least, that that there were officials with the Red Bulls that that saw the value of it and understood what it could mean for the club and what it would mean to have a rival in the market and to and and what that could do as far as far as sparking even more interest and, and sparking passions within the. The, the fan base and and hopefully we see that hopefully we see that on both sides hopefully you know that uh, we and and in this market we get that all the time with all the you know you have Yankees Mets uh Giants Jets Rangers Devils uh, Rangers Islanders I mean uh, there, there's so many different rivalries here in other sports that uh you know hopefully hopefully that carries over hopefully we get that sense and and, and honestly the, it, there is a little bit of the New York New Jersey thing Obviously, the Red Bulls, their roots were really New Jersey. Obviously, they played in New Jersey. They played in New Jersey their whole existence, and their fan base has been major- – a majority of their fan base has been New Jersey. But there are there are a decent number of uh, Red Bulls fans in New York. So, And I don't think Red Bulls are going to just give away New York to NYCFC. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. What are the chances, let's just say hypothetically, the Red Bulls win? Would they play New York, New York at the end of the game? Nah, well, that's your. Nah, um, That'd be the ultimate, just in no, your no, face. No, 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 no. They, 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 um, no, they play the. Uh, well, you know, I'm I'm saying, well, think, for this game, would they? 
Nah, they 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 play the the uh, Jay Z Alicia Keys New York. Uh, that's their their. I mean, that was their song. I'm trying to think now of a. Uh, I, I, I'm trying to think if they've played that at the end this year, but they did. They've done that for years. That that that's kind of their signature song at the end of games. So, um, I don't know if they would play it. Actually, I don't know if NYC UFC played the Frank Sinatra New York uh, after they beat New England. I'm trying to remember now. Uh, I don't remember that, but uh, but nah, the, uh, you know what? I think we will hear some a New York song at the end of this game. It'd be awesome. Um, real quickly, before we dive deeper into this show, I have tons of things that we're going to be talking about on today's show. We're talking a little bit about European soccer, U.S. men's national team news, the U-20 World Cup rosters out, and then just some general Major League Soccer news. But looking at this match, Ivis, it's the late one on Sunday night on Mother's Day. Um, you know, heading into this match, Red Bulls just were handed their first loss to the New England Revolution. Um, they still look like they're a very good team heading into this one. On the other side, NYCFC, I was, they are struggling right now. Um, you know, you, you got to hope that Jason Christ can right the ship there, but it just looks like the team's out of sync, and, and this looks like a really big opportunity for the New York Red Bulls um, to kick off the, the derby with, with, a, with a victory over NYCFC. Right. I mean, I think it'll be a better matchup than, than you would expect with, based on the recent results. I think David Villa is supposed to be ready to go. And uh, obviously, NYC, they've missed him. Uh, they had been missing him. Obviously, he came back uh, in, the, in the second half of the last game for them. But, um, you know, having him in the if he can start having him in the starting lineup, that's huge for them. Uh, they've missed his finishing ability. Uh, it, it seems like no one there, no one else there can finish. I mean, obviously, Medi Bellucci had a nice goal in the last game against Seattle. But their forwards just have not gotten the job done, and and having Via back will be a big big help for them, especially against NY uh, against the Red Bulls. Mm-hmm. And that's a matchup I'm looking forward to because as good as the Red Bulls defense has been, it's been an interesting season so far for the Red Bulls in the sense that while their defense has done well, it's been interesting how they they haven't really had a ma- they haven't really matched up against top forwards uh, on their schedule just because of the way things have broken out. They played DC, no Espindola. They play LA, no Robbie Keane. They play San Jose. Wondolowski's on the bench and comes on, you know, comes on later in the match because he was in San uh, San Antonio with the U.S. national team. So the the Red Bulls have lucked out in a way uh, at home, especially at home, not not having faced the top forwards in the league. And that, and 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 I really want to see what their defenders like a guy like Matt Miazga, Perinelli, mm-hmm. uh, Zub, Ronald Zubar, if he finally gets in the lineup, how they do against a top top forward like David Villa, and that's going to be a great matchup to watch. But for me, the battle in the midfield is where this is going to be. Where, where, where that that's like the headlining act for me because I mean, you want to talk about Sasha Kleshton, Dax McCarty, Felipe on one side, Mix Diskarud, uh, Ned Grabovoy on the other side. That, I mean, that that's going to be the where the battle is won and lost for my money. I mean, that, that that's going to well, at least that's going to be what where the fun is going to be. The battles, the clashes, the, the 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 trying to impose your will in in the game and I'm excited man. I think I think it's going to be a good game. Well, in looking at kind of where these two teams are right now, I mean, as you have to expect that the Red Bulls are going to come out on all cylinders right away and try to apply as much pressure as they can on NYCFC. Oh, of course, of course. That, that's what they that's what they do. They like to pressure you. They like to Really squeeze the opponents, and uh, and, and 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 you know what? I tell you what, the, the Red Bull Arena field is obviously much wider uh, than NYCFC, and there's more space, more room to operate. And you wonder how the how NYCFC will will play into that. I know, you know, I, I think they can. I think they with the possession that they can have with the midfielders they have, the creators. I don't think a bigger field necessarily hurts them, just because they play in a narrow field. I think narrow field, the narrow field at, at Yankee Stadium is more. A product of just what is available to them. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so from that standpoint, I think 
having that big wide field is actually going to – I don't think it will hurt either team, and I think it's going to uh, lend itself to, to an entertaining match. Um, but, yeah, I th- I th- you got to give the Red Bulls the edge. Uh, I know they lost last week, but let's remember Jesse Marsh put out a lineup missing quite a few of their their regular starters. So I think – they should be at full strength for this game, and uh, you know, I, I, you got to give them the edge going in this one. Do you have a prediction for the game? Uh, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna go three-one Red Bulls. I think they're gonna make a statement in this game. I think Bradley Wright Phillips is gonna be a handful for them uh, for NYCFC. I, th- I think they're gonna handle NYCFC. But again, they they play three times this year, mm. uh, and, and and I think when I think the next time they I think. At, once they play this summer, and once NYCFC gets their reinforcements, once they get Frank Lampard, uh, once Villa's healthy, once you know, once they get healthier, I think it'll be a much better matchup. But that being said, I think this is going to be a great game. Uh, just just south of us of New York, DC United will be playing host to Sporting Kansas City. Kansas City is going to come in trying to look to stop DC, who's been red hot um, lately. I mean, when you look at this one, it just seems like everything's just everything's just going right for DC United right now. And you have to hope, I mean, does Sporting Kansas City have any chance going to DC and trying to walk away with three points? Are you kidding me? Any chance? Settle down. I mean, it's MLS. I mean, first of all, it's MLS. Everyone has a chance. Always. There's always the match you think has the, the match you think is a mismatch always turns into being an upset. Like it is, it's inevitable, but Kansas City is not some pushover underdog either, man. I mean, they, they're three, one and two in their last six. Uh, so they've been rolling. They've, you know, they have they they have one loss since March. I mean, so they're not they have they're not exactly chopped liver either. So I think this is a really good matchup. I think I think if, if you want to, uh, I mean, look at it like honestly, it's 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 the best matchup of the week in in, in terms of just where the teams are, what the teams can do. Um, I like it. I like the matchup. And look, DC they've been on a roll. They're going to be at home. Uh, they, they've just been so impressive, in, especially in, in, the, in the past couple of weeks. When you talk about wins against Vancouver and Columbus, I mean, that that it's they're really hitting on all cylinders. But having said that, Kansas City, I really like Kansas City. Um, their results, you know, their, their, their results don't have them at the top of the pile, but they, they I feel like they played really well. They've overcome the loss of Ike Opara. Uh, at least temp- for now, they they've managed well. They they've done okay. They, this, despite having lost him, and as good as he was for them earlier in the season, they still need Dom Dwyer to start finishing these chances on a more regular basis. But they are creating chances. Benny Fellhaber is playing some of the best soccer in the league right now, and uh, they're going to give DC. I'm telling you, they're going to give DC mm-hmm. all they can handle. I don't know. I I think they will. I'll agree with you on that. But I just I just don't see Sporting Kansas City being able to walk away. Um, with with at least three points, I mean, maybe they'll be able to squeak out, squeak out a draw. But just with the way that DC's playing right now, um, look, I think Kevin Ellis is 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 he's manageable as a center back for Sporting Kansas City. But when you look at DC's forwards, I mean, dude, they're just going to run wild. I, th- I think against Sporting Kansas City's back line. I mean, Fabian Esmondola, he's back. He's looking great for them. I mean, we talked about all the other options. I mean, all the other uh, pieces that DC has. I-, I just think that DC, and like you said, I agree. It's MLS. Anything can happen. But going into this match, I feel way more comfortable with DC walking away with victory than Sporting. Well, Kansas. DC's the favorite. No, obviously they're the favorite. They're at home. They're on a run. They're on a roll. They 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 have the the highest points per game in the league. So it's not exactly a stretch to say they should win. As if you're going to pick one of the teams. Now, having said that, I think from a matchup standpoint, I think Casey's got a much better chance than you seem to be giving him. I, I think they do. I mean, I, I, Spindle is great, but I think Casey. I think Beasler. If you can get Beasler matched up on him, that you know he to neutralize him. I think that that that's one matchup that's going to be great to watch. I think in the midfielder, I think Failhaber can have some success. I think you know Roger Espinosa 
the Felhaber Espinosa tandem. I think they 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 could win that matchup in the middle. Um, so it, it, I tell you what, man. This if you only watch one match, I mean, obviously you want to watch the derby. Uh, whatever we want to call it, I, I, we, we, I think we have to come up with a name for the for, for the red the, the Red Bulls NYCFC. Uh, yes, I guess it's. I don't it's like so, any, it's soccer wars. That's, that's the dumbest thing ever. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not even. Don't ever say that on the show again because it's. Just, I'm sorry. We're not. What are you talking about? It's so cool. I guess everyone's using it. Anyway, it's terrible. But uh, but yeah, no. So uh, all right, getting back to this game. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I'm gonna go with a tie. I think this is gonna be a really good matchup. I think it's gonna be like a one-one or two-two. Um, it's it's not. It, it may not be the prettiest game. But I think it's going to be a really, really tightly contested, and and I honestly I think Casey's going to pull out at least to get they're going to get at least a point out of this. All right, a point. Okay. I have to keep I have to keep in line with my whole DC you know the the theme that I, I, I I'm not a big DC fan or, or or I don't believe in DC. No, I think they're a good team. They the last two weeks they've really impressed me. KC just happens to be a team that I think can go on the road and do well. Well, the reason why I hate DC is because you're a Red Bulls fan. Everyone knows nah. that. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I think I think at this point, more Red Bulls fans think I hate the Red Bulls, which is funny. And and and, and I have, as I've always said, if if everybody's fans think you hate their team, then you're doing a good job because that means you're you're equally you know unbiased and <laughs> keep keep things balanced. So and that's that's what I do, man. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's fans think I hate them. Columbus, Chicago, Colorado, Dallas. Uh, not so much. Yeah. Well, Dallas da- used to, not anymore. I'd say. I, you, you'd be surprised. Really? There, there's, there, there's elements. We, there's elements. I thought we, I thought we got there. over that. Nah, you know, you would have thought, but there's, there's still elements out there. But it is what it is. Uh, also, this weekend, Ivis FC Dallas will be playing host to the LA Galaxy Big Western Conference Showdown. Galaxy coming into this match after playing Real Salt Lake to a scoreless draw. During the midweek, also coming in with Robbie Keane, a little banged up. I saw Edson Buttle, but come on, let's face it. Edson Buttle's best years have passed him. But looking at this one, um, Dallas at home, just with the way Dallas has been playing, um, including that 4-1 victory over the uh, Houston Dynamo last week, it just seems like Dallas right now, this is just an unfortunate matchup on the schedule for the LA Galaxy, who have to come into this game on a, on a midweek game, have to come into this game after playing a midweek game, Robbie Keane injured. It just seems like a tall task for the LA Galaxy. Never doubt Bruce Arena. That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. Bruce Arena always finds a way. No, but I agree. I mean, Dallas, you know, this is a game they should win. They're at home. Uh, They've been on a pretty decent run of form. They've won two two out of the last three. They're 2-0-1 in the last three. L.A. has gone three straight matches with draws. Uh, You know, they tie. But, again, they tie the Red Bulls. They tie the Rapids. And now, most recently, they tie RSL in a match. I'm sure they feel like they should have won. If Nick Raimondo hadn't put the Superman cape on again. And saved yet another penalty. I mean, the guy. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't have it in front of me, but the, it's unbelievable his penalty save rate. Um, it, it's unbelievable. I mean, not even just within MLS. I mean, I can't think of goalkeepers anywhere that that that, that have been as good at saving PKs as Raimondo. But um, so LA, yeah. I mean, they still they still miss Robbie Keane, obviously. Um, but I don't know, man. Bruce Arena. Bruce Arena finds a way. He's going to put that group out. Yeah, you know, Jameson, Zardes, uh, Juninho, they're going to give FC, uh, FC Dallas some issues. But I, I have to go to FC Dallas. I'm not, I'm not going to, you know, be the contrarian. I think, I think FC Dallas has been looked pretty good, really good at home. I think uh, Fabian Castillo is going to be a handful for mm-hmm. the Galaxy, whether it's Dan Gargan playing it right back or, or whoever. I think Castillo 
who they've been slotting out quite a bit, you know, pretty much on the left uh, going at people. He, he's just been so tough to deal with. And you get Blas Perez back. And you know what? Dallas should win this one. I'll, I'll go with Dallas, even though deep down I'm thinking L.A. because L.A. always finds a way. Yeah, that's true. I was going to say, yeah, Blas Perez is coming back. The only thing against uh, FC Dallas, I guess, is that they do have um, a ton of injuries, though. Zach Lloyd's probably not going to play this weekend. Matt Hedge is probably not going to play this weekend. So, I mean, that's the. I mean, there's a few other guys, too. Um, I mean, not the main guys, but still, I mean, FC Dallas, is, I mean, their depth is definitely going to get tested this weekend. All right, I'm picking the Galaxy. <laughs> <laughs> nah, if you don't have Hedges or Zach Lloyd, I see that changes everything. I didn't even know. Those, those are just minor details. I'm though, over here looking at the Galaxy's injury issues, and, and, and I didn't realize that Hedges was still, you know. If, Hed, look, if Hedges plays, if he's healthy enough to play and start, I go with Dallas, FC Dallas. If Hedges does not play and they don't have uh, Hedges or Lloyd, I'm going. I'm going Galaxy. I got to go. I mean, just you can't. You can't. You, you can't be missing the the two best defenders on your team and expect to be uh, beat the Galaxy. I just don't see it. Well, also uh, Chris Seitz is also injured too. No, they have Dan Kennedy. I mean, Kennedy's not exactly chop liver. Mm. Hey, don't be, don't be listening to Dan Kennedy, man. <laughs> He's a friend of the he's a friend of the show. Sometimes I just look, look. Sometimes a good defense is a good offense. In FC Dallas's case. Their offense is just so good that it, may, it will make up for not, them not having Matt Hedges or Zach Lloyd possibility this weekend. Well, I tell you, what, a good offense can can be your defense if you're playing against a, a team that's not that well coached. But the Galaxy are very well coached. Hey, hey uh, everyone, uh, everyone has off days. Bruce Wayne could have an off day. It could happen. Mm, his off days are usually right after he's won MLS Cup. Then he takes a day off. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> he knows what he's doing. Don't, don't never, never doubt my abilities. I'm the best coach in the history of MLS. That's my Bruce Arena. How come he doesn't coach the national team? <laughs> <laughs> I, listen, Garrett. I know you're only. I know you're like 21 years old, but I, you got to remember when I was the coach back in South Korea. <laughs> All right, moving. Right. <laughs> That's a horrible Bruce Arena. For you, got to work I, on that. I, I, and it's not. I can do a better. Bruce that is not your best one. Uh, it's, it's early in the morning. It's yeah. early in the morning. Uh, moving on, Columbus, Seattle. This game is in Ohio. Entering this match, uh, Seattle, Ivis, just all over the place. Columbus coming off that uh, loss against um, DC United. This is this is another great matchup this week. I mean, every match we've talked about is going to be good, but but I'm really looking forward to this match and just definitely seeing the continuing um, partnership grow between Obafemi Martins and Clint Dempsey. It's it's going to be great to see him go against Columbus. They're really rolling right now. They're, they've won three in a row. They've won four out of five. They they destroyed NYCFC last week. Uh, and Columbus has little been a been a little hit or miss, right? I mean, they they, they had their little two game uh, win uh, two win run before the the most recent loss uh, before DC you know kind of handled them last week. But I mean, I feel like they've been missing Will Trap. I really feel like they they miss what he, uh, and I don't I don't feel like enough people are talking about it. I know Mohamed Saeed has stepped in and done okay, but. He's not Will Trap, and I, and I really think uh, they've missed Will Trap this year. I mean, if you look at their record um, in in games without him, I, I think he, he obviously told you Chinese a good player. Ethan Finley's been outstanding for them. Kai Kamara's been a real force up top, but they're missing that. They're missing that 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 presence in the middle. That Will Will Trap kind of ties it all together. And uh, I'm not sure when he's coming back, but I think until until they get him back, I think they're going to be that notch below where they should be or where they were expected to be before the start of the season. Uh, so that's why even in this matchup, man, even though even though they're they're at home, Seattle is really clicking right now. They're healthy. Everyone's playing well. 
all their at all their positions. Brad Evans has settled down after some rough go, uh, you know, rough going uh, early in the season at center back. He, you know, he had some really rough matches, but he's really settled in and and is playing well. And then obviously we know about their attack. So I'm going to go Seattle with the the win on the road. I'm not even going to call it an upset. I think right now Seattle's playing the best soccer in the league, and and I think they're going to I think they're going to win. It's going to be a good match. It's going to be some good back and forth. But I, I'm going to go Seattle. To answer your question on Will Trap uh, and how Columbus have done so far this season, in the two games that he started and played the full 90, they won one of those, they lost the other one. In games in which he has not played, Columbus has two wins, two losses, and one draw. That's not terrible, but I mean, no. for as good as good as we expected them to be, I mean, that it just I feel like they've missed them. And uh, oh, definitely, they, of course. I mean, we'll, dude, we'll, we'll Trap is a fantastic player. Right. I mean, Mohamed Said's been a nice little addition for them. I mean, I think he's done all right. Uh, he's shown that he's he can be okay, but he's not well trapped. So when, once they get him back, I think then we'll see them take take the, take their game to another level. And Ivis, we finally have a Toronto FC home game. It will happen this weekend when they play host to the Houston Dynamo. Uh, Toronto coming into this match with a two-match winning streak. Things are kind of, you know, you know, positives. Or, or you know, they look. Let's face it. Toronto needs anything positive going for them. They're going to match with two wins back to back, playing at home. A lot of, you know, a lot of positive vibes going their way. Hopefully for them, they can carry that momentum against the Houston Dynamo, who are coming into this match licking their wounds after suffering a four-one loss. Uh, to FC Dallas last week, Ivis Toronto at home. I don't want to say this is a must-win, but I mean, dude, they they have to win their home debut. No, I, I agree. I mean, they should win. They have to win, um, and and they're gonna win. I mean, I, Houston, they're struggling coming into this game, and it almost feels like, in some ways, it almost feels like, uh, you know how like in college football when when the team schedules their homecoming game against like some team that they absolutely should beat. To kind of help help kind of kick off the homecoming proceedings, you know, you, you play your weak weak opponent, and then and then you beat them, and then you and then you enjoy the weekend. It feels like that for TFC's home opener. They, you know, it, you're not they didn't schedule the the Sounders of the Galaxy to play TFC in their home opener. They, they scheduled the Dynamo, and uh, yeah, I think they're gonna. I think TFC's gonna roll. I think Giovinco is playing is really showing now why he's the highest paid player in the league. I think he's really. Uh, lighting it up, and I think he's going to for against the Houston team, th- who, whose defense has been really, uh, really shaky the last couple of weeks. I know they only gave up one goal to San Jose, but before that, they gave up eight goals in two games. So uh, I think TFC is going to roll. I also should have said because we actually didn't talk about the midweek game, Houston Dynamo. Um, I guess they did lose uh, on Tuesday to San Jose Earthquakes. Also, I failed to mention that. My apologies. Yeah, they haven't they haven't won in four matches. Uh, they're 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 in a little bit of a hurt. I mean, I know they beat Montreal three zero. That's like they're Mon- the win against Montreal is their one win in their last nine playing against a Montreal team that obviously had other things on their mind. So, uh, yeah, I, I I really do not see Houston going up there getting a result. I think if anything, I think it could get pretty ugly up there for for them. Really? How ugly do you think? A three nil, four nil. I think it's going to be a block. I really do. Hmm. Okay, I agree too. Who gets all the goals? Shows the outdoor with the hat trick. Hopefully, Giovinco for me because he's not my fantasy team. But oh, no, I think I'll, I think I think they'll spread the. I think all the DPS get on the board. I think you get two for Giovinco, one for Altador, and then a uh, Michael Bradley free kick. There you go. Or a, or or a Olympico. You know, he, he seems to be trying those. Bradley gets on the board one way or the other. There you go. There you go. <laughs> DPS. The DPS 
earn their money this weekend for Toronto. Also, just want to point out that Toronto did play a Canadian championship game um, this past week. They did lose to Montreal. Montreal is just any competition in Montreal that has MLS, Montreal just sucks. Anything outside of, of MLS, Montreal is awesome. Um, but just so everyone knows, Josie Altidore and Sebastian Jovinko did not play in that match. So they will be very well rested um, going into the uh, the match this weekend for their home debut. Uh, moving on from that, Ivis Orlando taking on New England Revolution. Um, this is another one, Ivis, where New England's coming to this game red hot. Orlando still trying to find their footing in the league. I mean, they have to now adjust uh, to the loss without Kevin Molino. Um, New England, Ivis. I mean, it just it looks like they're going to keep rolling this weekend. You would think, right? But again, it's MLS, and it's always those matchups that seem like foregone conclusions that end up turning into be turning out to be not what you thought. And I think this could be one of those games. I know Orlando. Uh, you know they lost Molino. That's huge. That's a huge, huge blow for them. Uh, but I think, I think, you know what? I think that could shake them up. I think it could shake them up in a good way. I think it could force them to really bear down and really, uh, really put on a game and put put on a type of performance that that gets them a win at home. I know, I know they've been they've, they've been struggling for, in that department. They've been uh, desperate right now. They have two wins this year and both of them on the road. They won in Houston. They won in Portland. They have yet to win at home. And now they have to play a New England team that's really, really clicking. Um, I mean, it's kind of crazy to even think about picking Orlando, but uh, I think Orlando stops the streak. I think uh, New England should win. I mean, let's face it. They've played so well. But, it's again, it's that whole idea. It's MLS. That's all you can say. You put it on a T-shirt. It's MLS. Anything can happen. I'm going to go Orlando. I'm going to go Orlando. I think wow. Kaka. Nah, yeah, you know what? I don't know. Even I, though I, New I, England's heading into this match uh, on a seven-match unbeaten streak? Not just seven. Three, they've, won, three, they've won five three, of their last six. Yeah, I say, I'm sorry. Yeah, they won five of the last six. I mean, come on, Ivis. I know, but it's MLS, man. It, it's funny how it happens. And, and Orlando, you know what? They're, they're due. They're due at home. They're, not a, they're better than their record will tell you, man. I mean, at least just in terms of the quality of the play that they've had. I know losing Molino is going to hurt, but I don't know, man. I feel like, I feel like Adrian Heath is going to pull something out of this. And and Kaká is gonna is gonna put on the cape and be too much to to handle. I think I don't know. I should pick New England because they they've looked so just untouchable. Um, but yeah, man, I don't know, man. I feel like this is one of those games where where the where where what we what we least expected ends up happening. And I'm gonna go Orlando. I'm gonna pick them in an upset, big upset. Um. Well, I mean, I'm a who you well, who you pick? I know you're gonna pick the Revs because you're Captain Chalk. Um. I'm gonna pick. Uh. I'm gonna pick Breck Shea. That's what I'm going to do. He's going to place nah. Clevin Molino. He's going to score two goals, and everyone's going to say, Kevin Molino who? That's what's going to happen. So you're picking Orlando now? Oh, wait. I have to pick against you. That's right. I can never no, you don't I have can, to, I but I thought it was funny you. how you're sitting here sounding all shocked that I'm picking Orlando, and then you turn around and pick Orlando. So <laughs> well, no, I'm not picking Orlando. I'm picking Breck Shea. There's a difference. Okay. So they lose 4-2, but Breck Shea scores twice. Is that what you're telling me? Yeah, I, I, I could live with that. All right. There you go. I can live That's with that pick. prediction. That's your pick. There you go. It's entirely possible. <laughs> it, I, I don't know. It's just to me, it just New England handed this match. Orlando's. I mean, they're going to have to figure out that situation. I mean, are they going to move Breck Shea up? It, it just seems like there's too many question marks for Orlando. Their back line, their forwards, and and I understand Kaká's having a you know Kaká's Kaká, but it just seems that Orlando has so many things they're still trying to figure out on the field versus New England, as we discussed. Uh, what? What? So many things. They they have two 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 questions. Number one. Who's going to finally start scoring some goals for them on a consistent basis? Okay, that, okay, that's a huge that's thing. One. 
Okay, and then two, what do they do to replace Molino? That's two things. That's two things. Their defense, I feel, is pretty settled. Um, and their midfield, uh, you know, other than Molino, like, they're, they're pretty settled. I mean, you got Akugo in there. He's playing really well. He's quietly having a great season for them. Um, but, yeah, if you move Shea up, put Luke Bowden in, put him at left back, I think that, I think that'll deal with itself. I think we put – let's not forget now, Breck Shea – was a, an MVP candidate caliber winger in MLS before he went to Europe. So, I mean, it, it's not like, it's, it, you know, if anything, you could argue that he, when he was in MLS before with FC Dallas, he was better than Molino showed even now. So, of course, of course. It, it, it's, you know, they're going to miss something from, they're going to miss something out of Shea at left back, but they'll get that in the wing. But you need, if you're Orlando, you need to finish. You need to, you need to get either whether it's Kyle Aaron, whether it's Roche, Rochez, they need to, Someone needs to score. Someone needs to step up and say, I'm going to be this team's forward. And uh, I know he's been giving Laren some run, uh, the, the rookie number one overall pick. But if they, they need someone. They need someone to step up and start finishing these chances. Because they, they're going to get some chances uh, in this game. It, it's going to be a 1-0, but we'll see who finishes. I'm going to go 1-0, Kaka, upset one. I just want to point out, Orlando has not scored a, a goal at home in over 270 minutes, Ivis. They do. There you go. That's <laughs> all streaks come, come to an end, my friend. Yeah, that's such a <laughs> what? They're, they're, hey, listen, I would. You know, you've watched these games, and it's, I don't know. I, the games that they've played at home, uh, they haven't scored. They haven't scored, but they've been knocking on the door. They've missed some really easy. Ch- they've missed some chances that they absolutely should have put away. I just feel like it ends. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, Vancouver Whitecaps taking on Philadelphia Union at home in Canada. Philadelphia heading into this match. Uh, Ivis, they are. With Montreal as one of the two worst teams in the league, Vancouver at home has been unbelievable. And I've seen stats over the couple over the last two years where Vancouver at home against teams from the Eastern Conference. I think Vancouver is somewhere like twenty one and one or something like that. Um, it, it just looks like for Philadelphia, Ivis, do you even give them a one percent chance of being able to upset Vancouver in this match? I think they're gonna win. You know oh why? My God. What is you up know with why? you? No, listen to me. You know why they're gonna win? Because rise and bully. That's no. That's are you kidding me? Every I knew you're gonna do that. Every Philadelphia fan has to be freaking out right now. Freaking out. Oh, listen, no one listens to our show in Vancouver. Let's be honest. Um, How do you know? Because not. Because not. Because you know we we don't care about Canada. So uh, we've been accused of not caring about Canada. So I'm sure the folks way out there probably don't think you know they probably don't bother listening to us. Oh, I was being nice to Canada. If we could be mean, then I'll definitely be more mean. Feel free, man. You're entitled. It's, free. it's a free country in, uh, down here. So, But anyway, uh, Vancouver, Philly. I'm totally kidding about Philly. I, I, I don't see them winning. I, I really don't. I mean, Mboli is uh, – I mean, I think Mboli will have – here's here's what I see. I see Mboli – pride will kick in. Ryzen Bowley's pride has got to have been just crushed when he was benched and cast aside. And I'm sure now he's going to come in this game like, you know what? I'm gonna show these guys. I'm the I'm the guy who was the man at the World Cup. I'm the guy, you know, like I'm I'm be- I'm good. I'm a good player. I'm gonna. I think he'll have a good game, but it's not gonna be enough, man. Because Vancouver is just on a different level than the Union right now, and I and I think they're gonna handle them. I think they're they they're just. I think I think it's gonna be like a three one, and and you know, poor Jim Curtin. It's gonna the the, the pain continues. The 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 awful season. Everything that could go wrong has gone wrong. Um, and, th- I mean, think about this, right? It, it, w- it was already a nightmare kind of season for them, right? The whole Emboli thing, mm-hmm. the losses, the bad calls against them, the, the CJ Sapong with the DUI. And then 
you and then your both your goalkeepers get hurt, you know, and you end up having to bring Emboli back. That's just that is some next level voodoo curse type stuff going on there. It really is. And, and, and the, so on Twitter, I, I, I put on Twitter that I think somewhere Zach McMath has like a voodoo doll and he's like punishing the union for, for throwing, k- kicking him out. And uh, I got to know it with someone on Twitter about, about the whole Zach McMath thing. And then look, no one's saying Zach McMath is Nick Romando or Emmanuel Neuer or any, or any outs, like Superman stud goalkeeper. But for me, I feel like people just choose, people choose to forget that last year before the whole before the whole Emboli thing, mm-hmm. Zach McMath was playing well for them. He was. He was playing well. They were playing well. They were his teammates and his defense were playing well with him and and, and around him. Uh, it, they had a good thing going, and the union completely shook that up uh, in their quest to uh, try to upgrade the, a position that wasn't really an issue at that point. Uh, and now, you know, Zach McMath, they say, you know, they, they kick him, kick him to the curb. They send him on the season long loan, never intending to bring him back because this is the last year of his contract. Uh, and now he's stuck on the bench in Colorado. And I, I will stand by my opinion that if they had never done this, if they had kept, if they had stuck, they stuck by McMath last year, if he kept the job last year, he comes into this year with the job, they have probably six more points than they have right now. Six or seven more points than they have right now because of those games that Emboli cost them. And you know what? I think they cut the court too soon on McMath last year, and they're paying the price. I agree. Hey. I know. Hey. I agree. Do, do you help me get down for your soapbox? That's not even a soapbox. <laughs> we, we set a new bar after last week on, what's, on what constitutes a, a true soapbox moment. So Was that? I don't know. It just seemed like a friendly discussion. I agree, but you know, people people think it's. Uh, you know, I got called out. Someone it was it was animated. I got called out pretty bad for that. Oh, for being the owner's lapdog. Yeah, yeah, what was up with that? Hey, man, you know you you made your bed yet? You got laying in it. I I'm, <laughs> as long as long as the checks from MLS HQ keep cashing. It's it's it's. it's <laughs> <laughs> when I saw um, that, I was like, I hate that guy. <laughs> hey, man. I told you it was gonna happen. Actually, I mean, it's been I, mean why, I mean, my my ideas on it are like you know they're they're American, they're capitalist. Your ideas are you know socialist and communism, and it just bothers me that people agreed with you on that. Stuff. Uh, socialism and communism. You know, I'm pro America. You're over here. You know, pro make it America. equal for everyone. It's you know, make it make, fair. I mean, pff, make it communist. Make, hey, wait, what do we what, what, make it equal for everybody? Really? No, I believe in paying employees. Uh, you know, if, if no, here's my thing. If you want to have a good, <laughs> if you want to claim to have a good, uh, a good product, claim to have the, you know, you want you, you claim that you want to have the best product in the world, then act like it, and and uh, and and don't say one thing and do another. That's all it comes down to, man. Does it like if you want to be cheap, then just just know. own it, just own it, just say, listen, we're 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 small time. We're not gonna be La Liga. We're not gonna be the Premier League. We're 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 in our little pocket. We're not gonna. We're not. Ne- we're not getting to that point anytime soon. And this is where we are. Instead of no, really, we're gonna be the biggest <laughs> team, and we're gonna be the biggest league in the world. We're gonna. We're gonna have. You know, like they are. Years. Ivis, we got how many more? Years? We got five years left, man. Five <laughs> years. Okay. Uh, right. Anything okay. can happen. And in five years from now, when we're still doing the SBI show, okay. um, hopefully, hopefully, we'll, yeah, we'll in see. New York, we'll you know we'll have a plush studio, right? One day. Yes. Let's keep let's keep let's keep hope alive. Yeah, okay, I keep it alive. Uh, all right, now it's time to get back to the MLS weekend preview. 
Um, Colorado Rapid, Rapids, excuse me, they're heading uh, into this match against San Jose Earthquakes with three draws in their last three matches. I think this is a good opportunity for the Rapids to finally pick up their first win in what seems like forever against San Jose, who's now played three games in eight days. Does Colorado have any chance? What is it with you in this any chance? I don't know. Thing? I don't know what's up with me today. Why do you keep saying that? I don't know why. It's San Jose. I mean, what are you talking about? I think it's Barcelona. It's like, they, they, relax. Actually, Colorado's been doing all right. I think Colorado, you know, they, they, they've had they, they have three draws in a row. They've only lost once in their last five. And that was to Seattle, who's who's, who's really turning it on. So they, they're they not in bad shape, man. Think of, Look at this run of, of, of opponents. Uh, if, now, listen. Look at this three games. FC Dallas, Red Bulls, Galaxy. Now, if you told me, hey, Colorado's going into this three-game this three-game stretch, mm-hmm. how do you see them doing? I would not have said they're not going to lose any of them. And they didn't. They didn't lose any of them. So I, I know they didn't win them, but they've still been toe-to-toe with these top teams uh, in recent weeks. So, uh, you know what? This is going to be a game. I mean, you know, it's in Colorado. It's always tough to play there with the altitude and everything. I'm going to go Rapids, man. And, and, and I know I always end up regretting betting against Dom Kinnear. Um, and he and I think Kinnear's done an excellent job uh, in San Jose. I mean, they have four wins. They're they're I think they're ahead of what most people would have projected them to be. I mean, right now they're sitting in fifth in the uh, in the Western Conference. But Colorado, even though they're in last place in in the West, I think this last run of games is slowly building uh, some confidence in that group. And I think they're at home. I think they're going to win. I think they're going to win at home. And I don't, th- I don't think any a lot of people going to watch it, but I think they're going to do well. Um. Portland uh, will be taking on Montreal Impact uh, this weekend in Canada. Montreal Impact, it's crazy to think that this is their first league game in about almost just about a month. Their last game was on April 11th. Uh, for Portland, look, I just, it, it's a simple formula. Every team is going to get fat off the Montreal Impact. Portland need to go into Montreal and come away with three points. I don't know, man. I don't know. Montreal coming off the Champions League. I think I said it I think a lot of times. Montreal is a better team. And people are giving them credit for being. They've only played four league matches, so uh, trying to uh, you know have a a real like sense of where they are, it's a little, it's not really fair when you're just going off of four matches, especially when they were obviously focused on Champions League. That's in the rearview mirror. Now Montreal can focus and 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 show that they're a better team than people realize. Having said all that, you know me and Portland. You know I like Portland. Uh, Valeri's back. I mean, I don't know if he's ready to start yet, but uh, if he is, I mean, that's huge for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, you, I think you know, Darlington Nagby on that turf. I think Fernando Adi. I know Adi's been struggling lately, and now he's been linked to to, to transfer rumors to Mexico. Um, I'm gonna go Portland. I'm gonna go Portland in this one, even though part of me is like uh, Montreal. No way, man. Montreal played on Wednesday. Bunch of their starters played. Not, Short week. Yeah. Come on, man. Fine. I mean, yeah, the only we're, guy we're, that really, the only guy that I'd say in Montreal that 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 makes me feel good about them that didn't play is Kenny Cooper. You know, I mean, he could come in <laughs> and score like three goals. He's the only one that makes me feel a little more comfortable in Montreal. But I'm kidding. I'm kidding, everyone. Uh it's yeah, I mean, but then again, Portland has to fly cross country. Oh, they're uh, flying uh, first class, man. They got nice seats. I how big is they're first chilling. class? They're, they're not all in out. first class. They're not all in first class. Okay, Caleb Porter is in first class. Valeri's in first class. I'm pretty sure Jorge Villafania is not in first class. Are you sure? I heard Portland has their own Alves. plane, and their plane has like no. a has like a bowling lane really on not. it and a ping pong table. I heard it's really nice. Definitely not. Definitely not. Um, 
they're flying cross country. You, you're playing on the road. You're in Montreal. They're probably having some poutine and you know weigh them down a little bit. You know, I do not like poutine. Do you, you like got, it? It depends. It's, it's got to be good poutine. You got to you got it's because it, it, it you can you can have poutine that's just really blah and then then it's a terrible experience, or you can have the high like real deal good poutine. Um, <laughs> so let's just say Montreal. Yeah, you know the, the Timbers. They have a poutine. You obviously got the nightlife there, you know. So, it's, well, you know, they could, it could be, be a distraction. They'll be fine. I know. I'm going to pick Portland. I know. I'm just saying. Reality, I just want to go back to Montreal. This is what it boiled down to. I just want to go back to Montreal. I know. The, the reality is this, though. For for teams like Portland who are struggling to – I don't, I don't want to say struggling because anything can happen in, in, in Major League Soccer. But let's face it. The Western Conference is, is loaded this year. And Portland needs to pick up points in any way possible. When you have Montreal on your schedule, you need to circle that and say, this is a match we have to win. I'm not saying that it's a must win, but if three months from now, four months from now, Portland looks back and says, "Why did we not make the playoffs?" If they don't pick up a result here, that you know, you get what I'm saying? It's it's results like this I, that I will prevent Portland listen, from not making the playoffs. I, I'm not it, yes, go, it is. I, I am not agreeing with that because I don't think Montreal is that level of terrible. I don't think they are like Chivas USA at their worst level of terrible. So I don't think it's a gimme for everybody. It's I don't think it is going to be a gimme for people to go to Montreal and just take three points. I just don't see it. I mean, I think I, they're not – they have their flaws as a team, but I also think they have – they're a better team than they were last year. I think Lauren Simon is better. I think Piatti, you know, being with them for, for a full season, I mean, I think he is he's going to have a big year for them. Uh, they're going to be better. I'm not saying they're, they're going to be a top team, but I think they're, they're going to go there and get the full three points is not going to be easy. Uh, having said that, I'm picking Portland, but I just I just think you're you're I think you're making it sound like it's way easier than it is. What happened, man? You changed. You How go to Montreal you? one time, and all of a sudden you come back drinking the Kool Aid, just like you did, uh, just like just the, like you did with Portland last listen year. Listen to the SBI Eastern Conference preview, and in the preview, I said Montreal could be a team that could be that surprise team that 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 exceeds everyone's expectations. It's it's there. It's on the record. So and that was before I went there. So don't put it on the trip to Montreal, because this, I mean, look, I didn't. It's not like I like went buck wild in Montreal. I know, I know. I'll, I'll do that this summer. But you know, <laughs> I, I, just, I just think I just think having have been, been you know seeing them in that run and seeing what they can do, seeing what the uh, uh, what the ceiling is for them, or, or seeing what they are capable of. I saw that, and I saw Piatti Romero. Uh, Simon, I see. I mean, Samari, you know, looking good. I think Evan Bush, uh, obviously, had a great, great tournament for them. I, I, you know, Dilly Duca, uh, you know, even I mean, Aduro stepped it up in the tournament. Now, you know, McInerney, you know, is scoring goals here and there in, in, in competitions as well. They're a better team than, than they're, they're going to be a better team than we were last year. They absolutely are. That's that's what I think. But they're still going to lose this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um. <laughs> You're too funny, dude. Uh, in the final match of the weekend, Real Salt Lake will be traveling and taking on the Chicago Fire RSL. As we just mentioned a little bit earlier, they played LA Galaxy to a scoreless draw. Nick Armando, fantastic in, in this match. Chicago will look to bounce back from a loss after a three-match um, winning streak. And Real Salt Lake, I, guess, I mean, they haven't had a victory in over a month. Uh, I mean, is this a good opportunity for them to come away with three points against Chicago? I mean, it should be, but... Um... I don't know, man. I think Chicago. Chicago's not a bad team. I mean, I know they lost to KC last last week, uh, but they're a better team than they're not that team that we saw like putzing around at the beginning of the year and just yeah. looking completely lost. I mean, I think they're a better team now. Uh, and Real Salt Lake is still trying to figure some things out. You know, I mean, obviously Raimondo saved their bacon last game. Uh, if not for Raimondo, they lose that game. But they're winless in five. Um, 
I don't know, man. I mean, I know they're missing. I mean, I know they've been missing players and uh, here and there, and, and that hasn't helped them. Um, but I, they've missed. I tell you what, they've missed Jao Plata this year. No, no, no question about that. For mm-hmm. my money, I mean, he was so good for them last year, and and, and they really have missed him. Uh, but then, and then you look at. I mean, then Grabovoy left. Uh, so when you when you when you don't have Plata, who's so key, and when you lose a Grabovoy, and you don't really replace him. Um, I don't know, man. I just don't think I, I. I just don't think they're in the elite anymore in the Western Conference, uh, and I don't think they're that team that they used to be. That you could just pick that, pick them to win, whether home or away, no matter where they went. Uh, I'm gonna go Chicago, man. I'm gonna go Chicago, even though you know I, I like some of the things I saw from RSL, like Jordan Allen, your boy. Jordan Allen was outstanding for them, and now he's made the U20 World Cup team, and he he's on a nice little trajectory. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go the fire, man. I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna go uh, you know Harry Ship and in, in the fire. All right, I've said moving away from our MLS weekend preview and going into some general news. You reported this first on Gold.com that the LA Galaxy are going to be signing young American midfielder Sebastian Legit after uh, New England put in a discovery claim for them. Galaxy are going to pay them for him to bring him over. Ivis, this feels a big need for the Galaxy, who over the last couple of years have tried to bring in Sasha Kleshin for their midfield. They were not able to. Um, I guess the Galaxy believe that Sebastian Legit can be that player that can create that that they can create opportunities for them in the midfield. What do you make of this move? A young American who was at West Ham did not make an appearance, coming back to Major League Soccer. Uh, you reported this first. I mean, what, what did you make of all this that that went down? Uh, I, I mean, I like it. I mean, I, I've heard good things about him. Obviously, he never got his chance uh, at West Ham to really show what he can do. Um, but I mean, I still remember him being on the U23s and, and seeing him play for them and train with them. And 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 he, I mean, he does bring a really good level. Um, he's he's a tech, you know highly technical uh, central midfielder. He, he's he's gonna bring a little something different uh, to the Galaxy. Uh, it hasn't been formally announced yet. Um, but you know, my sources tell me it's happening. It's gonna it's gonna go down. Uh, I do think it is a little interesting, and this is what I've heard. This is based on whatever that they got that the New England Revolution put in a claim for him, and by all accounts, by everything that I've heard, they really had no intention of signing him. But they got it's basically them getting in the way to get their little payoff of allocation money. Now MLS is supposed to change their rules around to prevent this kind of stuff, and this is like the. The the revs, uh, this has like been the revs mo for years, and I mean years. That they step in, they get a, they get wind of teams being interested in players, and then they like nose their way in to get a little payoff. I mean, it, it's it, it's uh, it's unbelievable that this is still going on and that the rules have not changed to to, to kind of circumvent that. But it sounds like that's happened again. But in this time around, the galaxy were like, listen, fine, we'll pay you off, get the hell out of the way. We want we want this player. Um, so we'll see. We'll see how he play. We'll see how it goes. I mean, I, I by everything that I've heard and from the the, the, the bit, the little bit I've seen him play, he he. I think he is a guy who's going to help help them. He's going to definitely. I think he'll get definitely get some minutes for LA. Um, I mean, but the okay, okay, that's good. Yes, he needs minutes. I agree with you on that. But on the other hand, Ivis, you're still going to have this this call of people saying, "Oh, another young American leaving Europe, leaving West Ham, where he was in the Premier League and he didn't make any uh, Premier League appearances, but did appear." Um, in some cup matches for them. I mean, how, is, does this send another bad message to young Americans who who they can't? I don't know whether I can't 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 find a way to break through 
uh, teams in Europe. It, it just, it, I mean, this this goes against you know once again what, what Jurgen is saying, the public perception of this of a young American coming back to Major League Soccer. I mean, I mean, does does this look bad on it? I don't think it does, but I mean, I I could see how some people could be freaking out about this move. Nobody's freaking out, man. This is completely like. I, I don't buy like I, I absolutely I, not even buy discussing that because I mean number one he was there a long time and he didn't break through and if you don't break through you're not going to keep banging your head against the wall and if anything when you look at the recent examples of guys who've come back and how they've been able to make the most of coming to MLS and how it's what it's doing for them I don't even think this is an argument anymore Josie Altador, Brache, Juan Agudelo I mean these guys all came back and they've all they've all they're all playing well so like why this is not I mean. It's one thing if you go to Europe and you're there for six months and then you come running back. If that were happening, that's like you go, eh, you know. But for a guy who was at West Ham since he was young, since he was, you know, I mean, I think he put his five years in there trying to break through. He couldn't break through. Now he has the chance to, A, I mean, he's a California kid. He has a chance to come home, California. And play for the Galaxy. You play for Bruce Arena. Like, I mean, that's not exactly necessarily going to hurt your career. Uh, ha- having a chance to play for a, a, the, one of the top teams in MLS, having a chance to potentially be partnered in midfield with Steven Gerrard, like, and, and set up passes for Robbie Keane. Like, how is that even a question that this is, like, a bad thing? It's absolutely not. Like, I don't think – honestly, I don't see how anyone could look at that and say – I don't think that, it say is. That. I don't, why, I, why even bring it up? I don't <laughs> think it is because I, 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 saw, you, I saw some reactions to it where people oh, were – You need to start, you need to start reading uh, – like, don't – just because you catch a glimpse – I don't read random glimpse, BS websites. I'm just saying – it, it, I'm just throwing it out there because it, it, it is out there. Uh, there's – there's always something out there. There's always somebody that has a problem with every single move ever made. So who cares? The consensus is this is a good move for the kid. Like, where is he supposed to go? It'd be one thing if he had gone there, if he's a high-end, like, U.S. national team starter, and he goes to the first team that he goes to in Europe, he can't get minutes, and he comes back right away. Like, if that happens, yes, you can definitely say, oh, man, Americans can't, like, can't cut it. But the guy, he, you know, he he put in his his, his time there. Tried to break through with that particular team. Now an opportunity presents itself with the Galaxy. Like it's not just any team he's playing for. You know what I mean? It's not like he's coming back to you know play in 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 some lo- in like the lower divisions or on a bad team. He's coming to the Galaxy. Like how how can you knock the kid for for doing that? That's crazy. I don't even. It's not even worth discussing. But anyway, it's a good move for him. It's a good pickup for the Galaxy. And I'm sure a lot of people are going to be excited to see him play because I guarantee you, there's a ton of people. Who've heard about him, but who've never seen a minute of him play, and now they'll get the chance to see him. Uh, moving on, Ivis Eddie Johnson's contract has reportedly been voided by by the league. That's due to his uh, his health issue, which is um, on one hand very sad for for him. Um, obviously, you know, having your contract voided because of a health issue, but on the other hand, for DC United, it does clear up quite a bit of cap space for them. Yeah, it does. I mean, that's big for them, obviously, and. It's definitely sad, uh, the whole Johnson situation and what's going to happen if he's going to ever play again. But yeah, if you're DC, man, I mean, you're, you're now all of a sudden you have you have some nice chunk of change to go shopping this summer and, and get yourself some upgrades, get yourself some some help up top, possibly. I mean, I think that's an area that they, that you know when you look at the forwards that they have, obviously, have a spindle. He's, he's great, but um, they could use another forward. Um, now look, it, it, it needs to be said that they haven't always done the greatest job shopping on the international market. I mean, in recent years, I mean, how many, how many truly difference making 
foreign players have they picked up? I mean, can you think of one? I mean, let, let's think about it. I mean, who can we think of one? Is there no, no. anyway? But yeah. yeah, so I mean, so that's the thing. I mean, it's fine to have the the money uh, or or the cap room, but you also have to you know you have to be able to do something with it, and you know that that's going to be the key. I mean, are they you know they have the DP slot. Uh, can they finally hit a home run, or can they finally? Uh, strike gold on the international player market, and it's up to them. It's up to Dave Casper to show he can do that. And credit to, to Casper and the and DC for the roster that they put together. Very strong American team, mostly American team. Obviously, you have a couple of non-Americans, but MLS slash American dominated lineup. But you know what? I feel like in this league, if you really want to be a championship material, you have to be able to go on the international market and go land yourself uh impact type players on the international market and they haven't done that in recent years they need to do it this summer because otherwise i gotta say as great as they've been and as i've said more than once i just don't see them being a championship team uh lee win this past week i was voiced his displeasure on his contract saying that he is extremely unhappy and that he feels underappreciated and undervalued he's making one hundred and seventy five thousand in 2015 and feels that he should be making more money. I agree. I think everyone could agree that, that Lee wins a fantastic player was in the running for MVP. Um, but the biggest question is Ivis. I mean, should he have publicly voiced his displeasure? Mm, I mean, for me, I'm, I'm not a fan of when players do that. Well, I gotta say this doesn't shock me at all. Um, just because obviously you have a, we have a player who's, who, who's just taking his game to another level. But who also signed a contract before the before the start of last season, and you have a team in New England that has a history and has a track record of not budging on these kind of situations, on not giving in. There's very hard line approach to to, to player management for them. Very hard line approach to uh, salaries and 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 player transfers and. I got. I wish I could think of an analogy for what the 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 revs are, and 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 I'm not going to knock them and say they shouldn't should or shouldn't do it. But there's different ways to handle situations when it comes to players, and 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 the revs just for me, based on everything I've heard for years now. This has been going on for years. They're very, they're very, they're hard asses when it comes to their players in their contracts. Like you, you know, you. This is what we signed. You know, we signed you to this deal. This is the deal you're getting. Uh, oh, you want to go to Europe? Sorry, that doesn't work. You're staying with us. You signed a contract. You're our player. They have a very like uh, American pro sports kind of approach to their 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 uh, their handling of players. Whereas in Europe, in Europe, if a player's not happy and he wants to leave, then you get rid of him because you don't want that that in your locker room. You don't want the negativity. You don't want to deal with that. You get the player out of there because you want a locker room full of guys who want to be where they are. And the Revs have always been like the opposite. The Revs are like, I don't give a damn if you're if you hate it here. I don't give a damn if you don't want to play for your contract. You are under contract here, and you're gonna stay here. So suck it up. That's just been their approach forever. Uh, and now in this case, I'm not even gonna knock them too hard because look, Lee Win, you signed a new contract before last season. You have to honor your contract. No one, no one forced you to sign a four year contract. And it's a two, and I, I did find that interesting the, the the wording of it in some of the reports that he's on a two year contract. No, there are no two year contracts in MLS, right? He was on a four year contract. Four year, it's two to two guaranteed, and then two option years. MLS loves to get their option years, unless it's a Jermaine Jones who's like an older player on huge money. Then you can get a shorter contract. That's the very rare occasion. Lee Wynn signed a four year deal, then he played out of his mind. 
uh, and now he wants a new deal. And it's like, um, you're, why should they give you a new deal when you just sign this one? And you're also at an older age. You're at you're a bit bit of an older age. Where like, are they going to give you an entirely new contract and just double your salary when you know like it, it, it's a tough. He's in a tough spot. Um, I he, he, does he have a right to be unhappy? Yes, of course. He's gonna he's gonna feel like, hey, I'm an MVP caliber type player now. Mm-hmm. I should be making double what I make now. Um, but I mean, do the Revs just have to rip up their contract now and give pay him because he wants more money? Uh, what's his leverage? And that, that's what I can understand where they're coming from because it's like, why why should we have to do that? It just because you want it? Like that's not how it, that's not really how it works. And you know, uh, so in this particular instance, I can side with the Revs, but I do think it's interesting. That's just been their mo forever. Well, speaking of the uh, New England Revolution, uh, Will Packwood says that he'll be training with them um, f- uh, for the next couple weeks. Uh, and you know, we got to assume that he'll probably. Will probably indeed sign with the New England Revolution. Um, I mean, what do you make of his move, Ivis, uh, from Birmingham to uh, New England Revolution? Uh, it's actually Birmingham, but uh, Bir- Birmingham. Uh, did I say Birmingham? I'm, yeah, Birmingham. I've been burnt. It happens. Bir- it happens. I can't even say it right now, but you know you what I meant to say. You have to say it in the British uh, pronunciation. Bir- no, but uh, look, Packwood. He, I mean, for all accounts, he's a talented player. Uh, you do question, you know, what his level is after because he had the big, the, the he had the leg break. And 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 you almost feel like he hasn't been the same since then because before he, before the injury, I mean at a certain point, I mean he was starting regu- he was starting regularly for Birmingham. Uh, he had that nice run where you looked at him and you say, oh, this guy could be a future starting national team center back. And obviously things have not gone that way. Um, but this is, is, I mean, if you're the Rebs, you got to be ecstatic. And you're talking about a guy who, a young central defender that can give you some depth. And you know you you've obviously lost Darius Darius Barnes to injury. Uh, you're you, at this point. You're playing Jermaine Jones there, who you probably rather have in midfield. So if if Packwood could end up panning out and giving you option another option, then that's that's huge. That'd be a huge pickup for them. And I was shifting gears. Uh, the U20 World Cup roster is out. Lots of discussion with certain players being left at home, certain players on the roster, still some players who could be on the roster. When you saw the initial list of names from Tab Ramos, uh, what did you make of the, of the roster that he put together? Well, uh, there were obviously some names that were surprising in, in the sense that they were missing. There were missing names, and the two names that I think shocked people were uh, Junior Flores and Romain Gall. And uh, I know, I know, especially Gall, I feel like there's been more of a reaction because we're talking about a guy who was the leading scorer for the team in qualifying. And and I know, I, I think that it just came as a shock. Uh, but in talking to Ty, Ty Ramos yesterday, uh, I had a chance to be part of a roundtable in New York on Thursday, and he, he pretty much broke it down that, look, you know, Gal has not been playing at all on any level, any sort of minutes in the last three months, and that hurt him because his form right now, his level, his fitness level, they're, they're just not at a good point right now. And he and, and it was interesting that Ramos kind of threw – he kind of threw the Columbus crew under the bus uh, from the standpoint of the Columbus crew do not have their own reserve team. They don't have – a Columbus Crew too, like you know, like like Toronto has, like the Red Bulls have, like mm-hmm. Seattle has, and and it, it, it and he broke it down, and it's very 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 good point if you think about um, the benefits of of having those teams. And I don't think I don't think everybody understands what the benefits are of having those teams because what it, what it can mean. And and Tyron almost laid it out. If you're a player who's on the fringes of potentially getting minutes with the first team, right? Um, a team's not going to loan you out and loan you and send you away to an affiliate. I think the Columbus's affiliate is the Austin Aztecs 
Now, if you're Greg Berhalter, Romain Gall is right on the fringes of potentially getting minutes with the first team. You're not going to just send him off to Austin because he could actually almost, you know, he's almost there on the doorstep of getting first team minutes. So you keep him with your first team, but then he has no reserve team in the area. A team like the Red Bulls, perfect example, Sean Davis, the rookie, Sean Davis from Duke, outstanding rookie. Uh, he, he couldn't get minutes early on. He wasn't going to get minutes, but he's a talented prospect for them. And he's been playing on their second team. But by playing, but by them having their, their Red Bulls 2 team, uh, he can train with their first team. He can, he can build that. He can continue to build that, that connection with the first team. But then he's also getting games. And when they need him, they can pull him right back. It's like a, it's just such an easy setup uh, for a, a player like Sean Davis. And then you saw Davis play against New England. He got his opportunity. He looked great. Now with Romain Gall, he is just stuck in limbo because they don't have a first team there in Columbus. Berhalter isn't going to ship him off to Austin because uh, Gall is right there in the in the in the in the battle to try to get minutes. But then it's costing him his it, it costs him minutes. It costs him form. And at the end of the day. That's why he lost out, and it's and it's very unfortunate. But that's how competitive it is now. Junior Flores is another a whole other thing altogether. Junior Flores is just he just hasn't impressed. He didn't impress in qualifying. He did, apparently he didn't impress in the most recent U twenty training camp. And I know a lot of people are are going to be like, well, isn't this guy supposed to be like the savior, the the next the the great the next great playmaker, so to speak? He hasn't done it. He hasn't done it. He didn't do it on the U seventeen level. Let's not forget. I know Richie Williams got a lot of flack. For not starting Richie William, uh, not starting Junior Flores in qualifying a couple of years back, but now we're seeing two coaches now that haven't bought into this hype. And you ask yourself, does he need to do more? Does he need to do more? Does he need to step it up? Uh, and and right now he's looking like a guy who's not going to fulfill expectations. It's still early, but. Right now, he's not doing it. Okay, well, enough of the guys who did not make the roster, because there are some guys who will actually be going to New England. With, with the roster that he did put together, I mean, Paul Ariola is going to be there, uh, Bradford Jameson, Jordan Allen. I mean, does this group have a legit chance of winning this World Cup? Oh, it's so hard to say. Um, but I, I, do, they, do I think – no, I don't think they're going to win it. I mean, I think there's I think there's other teams in the tournament that just have way more talent uh, than they do. Um, but the question is, you know, can they, can they do well in the competition? And they can. It's set up for them to do well. I mean, they – they, uh, you know, their group is an easy group. Uh, they absolutely, I mean, when you think about last time out, the last U20 team with, uh, you know, DeAndre Yedlin, Will Trapp, and, and, and those guys, I mean, they played, arguably, you can argue, they played the three best, te- their group consisted of the three best teams in the tournament, or three of the four best teams in the tournament. I mean, it's insane when you think about it. Um, when you look back on it now, it's unbelievable that the, the the teams that they had to play it was it Spain it was it Spain France Ghana I think it was on the crazy run of teams. It's it, now it's like Myanmar Australia. I mean they they these are these are teams they should be. Now having said that, looking at the team, Gideon Zellim is as of right now not on the team. He's not eligible, but FIFA is still determining it, his eligibility. And if FIFA between now and a week from now. If FIFA deems him eligible, he's going to be on this under-20 World Cup team. They left the spot open for him. And he, and based on all accounts, by everything you hear, he can be a difference maker. He can be that kind of playmaker that 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 takes him to a different level. Uh, now, if he doesn't come, if he doesn't get make it on the team, they have talent. This team does have talent. I mean, Rubio Rubin is going to be there. Obviously, you know, we've seen him with the first team, the, the U.S. national team. Uh Emerson Heinemann, obviously a very talented uh, midfielder at Fulham. Uh, then you have Cameron Carter-Vickers, uh, the young, like, stud, like, central defender, a guy who 
I mean, I know we don't like to project 2018 World Cup, but I mean, this is a guy who's going to he has World Cups in his future. Let's just put it that way. And even though he's super young, it's crazy. The kid is, is, is a, he's a beast. He's a beast. Uh, so the, the talent is there. And then Zach Steffen, the goalkeeper, who, who I think is another future star. So there's talent on this team. But it's it's when you want to talk about the world, the, the team, the best teams in the world, like, the, you know, you, what, you know, Colombia, Argentina, uh, the Euro, the European powers. I mean, it's hard. It's hard to to even talk about trying to win this at this point you want to get out of the group stage and see what happens in the knockout rounds i mean i think for them if they get out of the group stage as expected and they can win one knockout game i think mm-hmm. it'll be a success for them i think that that getting at least past the groups and winning one knockout game i think you can walk away from this tournament and feel pretty good uh and ivis i mean who are some guys on the roster that we may not be feeling familiar with that after this world cup we're going to say okay that's a guy i need to start paying more attention to well, one guy I, I, I'm, I'm sure not many U.S. fans have seen or or, or, or know much about is you know DeSavio Payne. Uh, he's, he's a young defender from Groningen. Uh, he's a, one of those players that was born in born in America, but you know moved when he was super young. I mean, he, he spent most of his life in the Netherlands, uh, and he actually was eligible to play. He's obviously eligible to play for the Netherlands, but the U.S. got wind of him. Ty Ramos reached out to him, um, and and. You know, he was all in. He was he was into it. He was definitely excited to do it. Um, you know, I think it was. Uh, I think he has an American father and uh, and his mother's Dutch. And then they, he was born here. And then they moved to, to to the Netherlands. But I know U.S. fans always get a little wary about these these foreign uh, foreign raised dual nationals and how American are they? How committed are they? How they? How, how much does it mean to them? Listen to Ty Ramos talk about pain and 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 his reactions to, to to potentially playing for this team. This kid wants to play for this team. This kid is excited, uh, eager. He went to U- he went to the U twenty camp with them, uh, and he looked great. Uh, here's a guy who's gotten a couple of appearances for Groningen, uh, a team in the in, in the Eredivisie in in the Netherlands. So we're talking about a, a talent, a real talent. He's he's versatile. He can play right back, left back. He can even play in the middle. Um, so he is a guy I think he's going to step in and start. I think he's going to step in and end up starting for this this U twenty team. So he's one to watch. Cameron Carter, Vickers, obviously Stefan, Emerson, Heinemann. Those are the guys, and obviously Gideon Zellum if he if he ends up playing. I mean, those are the guys that I think could really turn heads in this tournament. And moving over to the. Uh... UEFA Champions League. Messi was all over Bayern Munich the other day. He made poor Boateng look like an average defender on Messi's second goal um, in the game. Messi has now surpassed Cristiano Ronaldo as leading goal scorer. Uh, I was just, I mean, remember a few months ago when all of a sudden it was Barcelona's done. They're they're in the trash can, and now all of a sudden Barcelona's the greatest team in the history of the world. It's amazing just what a few months can do. Well, it's been a while since that since there were the panic. There was that panic talk. I think that was earlier in the season. Um, but once they started clicking, I mean, they've been rolling. They've been rolling for more than half the season now. Uh, they're looking like the best team in the world. And uh, but that, this game, I mean, if who if you missed this game, uh, you missed an amazing game. I know it ended up three zero, but it was such a such a tactical chess match. Pep Guardiola just just do, you know doing what he does. He's not afraid to try things. He really. Uh, you know, starting out with a three-man defense. I mean, it's unbelievable. My analogy was it was like it was like like it was like riding a motorcycle like with without hands. It's like he was just like, let me try this, let's see if it works. Uh, great game. Bayern's a great team, but you know they obviously have a lot of injuries. Barcelona's playing the best soccer in the world, and Lionel Messi. I mean, what he did in on those two goals. Uh, the best part for me was, uh, you know, my kids were watching it. I made, you know, m- my younger son loves Barcelona, so he was watching it. I made my older son watch it, even though he's a PSG fan. 
and they were just completely enthralled by Messi uh, when he scored those goals because, I mean, Manuel Neuer is the best goalkeeper in the world, and he was playing like the best goalkeeper in the world. He looked like he just wasn't going to be beaten on the day, and then Messi, he just does it. He puts on the Superman cape. I know I say it all the time, but he he really put the cape on, mm-hmm. and he just torched them, and it's unbelievable. It's uh, he he is so fun to watch. Anytime they're on, you have to watch them. Unless of course you're a Real Madrid fan, then you probably hate them. And then and and think if think about Cristiano Ronaldo, right? Amazing player, right? One of well, a true legend. Uh, he 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 scores uh, he scores for them earlier in the week in Champions League. He's once again leading. He's once again the the career leader. And then here comes Messi. Two goals. He jumps right back. It's like this whole back and forth. Uh, you, I would pay. I would pay to 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 have a camera on Ronaldo as he's watching because you know he's <laughs> watching. You know he's watching Barcelona. I'd love just a video footage of him watching and like punching the wall every time Messi jumps back ahead of him on that career scoring list. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey! I got to I got to say this. The funny, the funniest moment about that. Uh, so yeah, so I'm watching. I'm watching with my kids, and my kids are, are have just in the past year really become hardcore soccer fans since before the World Cup. So they were watching the game, and then and Messi scores the second goal. He jumps ahead of Ronaldo for the scoring list. So ESPN or I'm sorry, Fox Sports shows the graphic of the career scoring leaders, and it's Messi and it's Cristiano Ronaldo, and then and then it had the third guy. So my my, my oldest son watches it, and he's like. He sees it. He's like, "Oh, Messi's ahead of Ronaldo. Nice." And he's like, "Who's raw? Who's raw?" He said, "Who's raw?" Did he really? Oh my god! And I'm like, "I'm like, what are you, Gary? Cleverly? What was that?" Wow, no, was wow thanks, dude. <laughs> and for those who have no idea what I'm talking about, it obviously was Raúl, who you know, the New York now New York Cosmos forward, legendary Real Madrid forward. He was the career leader in goals for the Champions League before Messi and Ronaldo. Uh, surpassed them, but I just thought it was so hilarious. That they, like it's like who's raw, and I'm like, that's Raul, man, what's wrong with you? Uh, but yeah, I thought that was pretty funny. That is pretty funny. <laughs> and I did think you said it. Fair Thanks, I, I appreciate that, Ivis. <laughs> good, good to know him in your thoughts when we're. Not I'm pretty sure when the Cosmos first signed him, I'm pretty sure you said raw, and then and then we fixed it. I no stop. It. I know who he is. Don't be reckless. Um, all right, Ivis. That wraps up today's today's show. Um, as we head into the weekend, anything else we need uh, need, need to break down? No, that's it, man. I think we definitely overdid it on the MLS. I mean, hopefully, you MLS fans out there appreciate that. Um, I mean, I think we did want to talk a little more national uh, U20s. We'll definitely get more into the U20s as we get closer to the tournament, and uh, you know, because it's it's right around the corner. I mean, it's only a couple of weeks away. They're going to be going down to New Zealand, uh, and and you better and for and for those of you who plan on trying to follow the U20s at the World Cup, remember now the game is the games are in New Zealand. It's going to be the crazy start times where it's going to be middle of the night, 3 a.m. It's going to be like South uh, Korea all over again for those of you who, who remember those days. Uh, but it's going to be fun. It's going to be a great tournament. The U20 World Cup is always a great tournament. And and you and you can't just watch the U.S. You really need to watch the other uh, powers so you can see that next generation of players. I mean, whether guys like Messi, Aguero, Aguero. I mean, all these guys have come through the U20 World Cup. So, you know, you really want to watch that. Think about it. Paul Pogba. The guy, you know, the Juventus midfielder, stud midfielder, $80 million transfer target. Uh, he he was in the last, he was in the Unturning World Cup playing against against the U.S. So let's not forget that. Yeah. It's going to be, it's uh, it's going to be very good. All right, Ivis. Well, with that, I'm going to let you go. Enjoy the weekend. You and I will uh, get back on, uh, on Sunday night, Monday morning to record the show, wrapping up uh, MLS Week 10, I believe. And uh, and yeah, have a, have a good weekend, bud. Thanks, man. You too. Thanks. And as always, everyone, thank you for listening to the show. 
Have a wonderful weekend. Enjoy MLS. Thank you for the comments. Thank you for the reviews. That is Ivis Glarsup. I am Garrett Cleverly. This is the SBS Show.